0: Gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. the Fight. is are growing. E Continent. equals mc. That all 13. men are created equal. <laughs> About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. We can take care of What's happening coming up on stage? This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought
1: leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency.
0: I'm Ryan Treasure and I'm here with Jeff Spinard back in the house. Jeff, what's up, my friend? Uh, everything's up, my friend. You know, just every day gets brighter, and, you know, we have uh, a lot of good things happening here at the network. More and more uh, uh, projects that we're working on uh, independent uh, private label networks uh, we've got live events coming up we have one coming up Monday right yeah today Today. Oh, today. Oh, it, oh yeah. Today's
1: also Veterans of Foreign Wars Day, which is awesome because we uh-huh. just finished interviewing our, our guest on Friday about his multi million dollar companies that um, he started as a veteran. And then now he's working on this really cool CBD product uh, to help veterans that are dealing with uh, pain and that kind of stuff and giving them an outlet that's outside of opioids to help them out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what a great episode that CBD, was. CBD,
0: they use that for everything. In fact, I even have some CBD products. Yeah. Uh, because because I have pain uh, that I deal with, uh, but it's uh, it goes in my little uh, vapor. Oh, nice. Yeah. Put it in there. It's a uh, juice, like a blue raspberry or something. Oh, it's even it's flavored. Some, yeah. to some CBD in there. I don't notice anything. <laughs> not, I'm not sure it's working. Uh, no, so but hey, I'll give it a shot. Well, we got a really cool show for you guys today. Did you know that
1: one of the greatest names in Hollywood, Renee Zellweger, she stepped away for 10 years to reset her life, reestablish all the things truly important to her. It's a sediment that's rippling through uh, the entire country as Americans, specifically millennials, uh, millennials search for lives with more meaning. Uh, I'm working with a positive psychology expert today who's on the show. What a fantastic woman. We're going to talk to Megan Dalla Camina. Uh, she's a best selling author, women's mentor, founder, and speaker, passionate about women's empowerment, leadership, and well being. We're going to talk to her today about, you know, kind of some of these things that are going on in society. And also, of course, how did she find her frequency in life? Megan, welcome to the show. Megan.
2: Hey, guys. Welcome. Hey, how are you? Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you on. You know, when, when I got the press release about your book and all the different things, things that you're working on Jeff and I were like oh we got to get Megan on we absolutely love it when you know people are stepping outside of their comfort zone and Mm -hmm. and and really making a difference in the world and in 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 people's lives so we've also worked with a
0: lot of women you know who are are, are empowering and it's just you know uh, more than just a movement it's you know something that uh uh is just it become bigger and bigger. Uh, the more we talk about it, and the more we deal with it. So we have a whole channel, Megan, called Voice America Empowerment,
1: which is specifically dedicated to, you know, uh, men and women around the world really looking for, you know, that foothold of that next thing to empower and propel them to another step in their lives. And a lot of people are kind of in a rut where they they go to this nine to five. They have this job that they do all day long, and and that stuff really gets tiresome and cumbersome if you don't really have meaning. You know.
2: Yeah, it absolutely does. And I feel like we're in this we're in this moment for and I heard you say millennials and absolutely and millennials, but I think it's all generations, you know, wanting to find more meaning, more simplicity and just step out of the grind. Agreed. So yeah, I, I totally see that.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, listen, Megan. This this show is called Finding Your Frequency. Um, you know, so when we talk to people, uh, it's all about the journey. How how did they get there? You know, how did it start? Where did that passion come from? So, we're going to ask you, how did you find your frequency?
2: It's such a great question, and I would say um, trial and error. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> the short answer. True, very true. Um, of course, there's a longer answer. I um, I grew up as a as a creative. I was a creative child, like literally the first twenty years of my life. I was a dancer, a singer, an actress, a you know tortured teenage songwriter, um, and <laughs> that was really the the sort of foundation for my life but then a couple of things happened in my early 20s I got really sick when I was 21 and I was in bed for six months recovering Mm. I had a car accident when I was 24 and again had like six months of rehab and coming out of that I ended up in the strangest of all places for me which was corporate America Mm-hmm. and started an 18-year journey that I never would have predicted working in some of the biggest companies in the world. And, you know, I loved it until I didn't. You know, I thrived mm-hmm. until I burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that really was such a fundamental period of, you know, of my life, trying to, um, like, really stay on the treadmill and climb the proverbial ladder and live my life. And it all kind of came crashing down in my mid-30s when I burnt myself out, so much so that I sort of walked into my CEO's office one day and said, I quit, like I'm done, I can't do this for one more second. Wow. Um, you know, I was a single mother, I was studying, I was, and I was I had completely burnt myself out. So that then, in terms of finding my frequency, really led me into a period of that searching for, for the meaning that, that you speak of um around you know how do we thrive and Mm -hmm. how do we do work that we're passionate about and live our personal lives and not have it all come crashing down so that's really been the last you know decade plus um where i really have found my frequency around you know positive psychology empowerment yes for women but for everybody and how we really step into our purpose and live flourishing lives
1: Wow. How do you step into your purpose and live a flourishing life? I think that's the 50 million dollar question that a lot of people are waking up every morning trying to answer. And if you were to give some advice or some guidance with somebody who you know wakes up on a daily basis going, am I really doing what I want to do? Am I really fulfilling myself? Am I really you know, making those strides to make myself feel good about what I do every day? What would you say to them?
2: Yeah, like it, it is the $50 million question. Um, and I, the first thing is like, we have to have space to be able to ask that question. And, you know, I love what Renee Zell-Welga was saying around, like she had to step out of her life because you know she wasn't well, she wasn't happy, there was no space. And I think for so many of us, when we are living our busy lives, doing all the things we have to do, it can be really challenging to find the space to be able to ask those questions. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, we have this myth that we're going to be struck by our purpose, I think, you know, that, you know, the heavens are going to open and someone's going to boom down and tell us this is, you know, your purpose in the world. And the research tells us that it very rarely happens like that. And the way that it actually happens is that we, like we follow the breadcrumbs. We follow a spark of curiosity or interest or passion, and then we keep, Igniting that and reigniting that until it either sort of dies out or it, you know ignites into something So I would I would invite people to think about and look for like where are those sparks of curiosity and interest in your life right now? and How can you pick up one of those small breadcrumbs, you know, each day, each week and see what it, what it leads into and just take the pressure off yourself of having to have it all figured out and having to have all of your, you know, income tied into uh, this pursuit of purpose. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. What you mean, uh, making a lot of money doesn't necessarily make you happy. (laughs) (laughs)
2: if only it were true, right? No, and and I think we're seeing this these days with so many people actually striving for less instead of more. Um, You know, whether that's the pursuit and, and wearing that badge of busyness or whether it is just the constant striving. I mean, we've all either been in the position or had friends who've been in the position or know someone who has worked and worked and worked and worked for the... The, whatever you want to call it—the brass ring, the car, the house—and they mm-hmm. get there and realize that that's actually not where their where their fulfillment is. And I think this is part of the awakening that we are coming to as a society.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I guess I, I, I'm fortunate enough to. Not have experienced that part of it uh, worked very hard for me. It was never about the money part of it. It was about the passion and love for the business. Uh, And, you know, when you get the brass ring, of course, was, you know, taking ownership uh, of the organization after, you know, 10 years uh, of being uh, a co-founder, going through a public uh, 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 entity, uh, going back to private Private, yeah, it just uh, finding my frequency. I knew this about 10 years ago, uh, and then taking over the company was definitely, you know, a shining moment uh, for myself. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Haven't quite hit that spot where I was like, uh, I don't like this anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. I guess
1: for, uh, because, because you're from down under, right? It's like a rugby game. Sometimes you have to call timeout, right? Go to the sidelines, reassess yeah. your plan and what you're doing and then come back out and attack. And sometimes when you come back out, maybe you might not even be playing the same game, right? You might, you might be like, I'm done playing rugby. I need to go play soccer or football or some other sport. Still being able to have passion and, and 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 following with what you're doing, but sometimes it takes a little bit of a timeout. And you know, I think I think Jeff's uh, story for for Voice America is quite unique because. His ability to kind of already be in the space of doing something he already loved made it a lot easier to go through the ten years of you know not having the full ownership in that you know shiny uh, or, Surely or, didn't or mean light there at the There was no of the challenges. Right.
0: There were plenty of challenges. Yeah, I could tell you some stories that you know, <laughs> make your head spin. But well, you know. I,
1: I think that's what makes a lot of us who we are and and really shapes the fabric of who are who what our persona is without without having some of those trials and tribulations. Like, where do you actually learn what's good and what's bad if you never experience both? True.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, like, we all have that in our own way, you know, um, even if we do feel like it's purposeful. I mean, for me, when I had those years of, you know, being a single parent, being a young female executive, and losing that sense of passion, like literally just, which I'm sure so many of your listeners would relate to, just get me through the day, you know, like sure. get the kid into, into, into childcare or into school, get to the office, do all the things, come home and like, let's not have anybody get hurt in the process. Right. And like
1: how you said, do all of the things.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we do, right? Like we do all the things. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, then, it doesn't yeah.
1: matter what it is. It's minutiae. It's just all of those things.
2: It's just all of those things, <laughs> right? Okay. The 500 million things on your to-do list. Uh and survive through it. And I think so many of us, um, certainly when I was there, it was all about surviving, not thriving. Um, And after my my big burnout, it was those years of trying to wake up to and find the meaning in what's next. Because I think people also change their purposes, right? Like something is meaningful for a long period of time. And then you wake up one day and you realize, actually, that's not where the meaning is anymore. So how do you then pivot and, and find what's next for you?
1: Very true. Very true. Yeah, those are always challenging to kind of figure out, you know, when you've made a decision about... Doing something different or moving forward onto that, like where do you where do you really determine what that focus is, uh, so you make sure that when you're following it that you know you're following the tip of the spear to the direct target of where you want to go and not you know zigzagging around and wasting time. I mean that's that's got to be tough. Tell tell us about that transition for you when you went from the corporate world into you know doing what you're doing as a as an entrepreneur and 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 following uh, your passions and helping women out.
2: Yeah, so there was some zigzagging, and I think this is another myth that we get really caught up on, um, especially in entrepreneurial land, is that it's a straight line and it's not a straight line for any of us, right? Like, it's we have to, we have to, for some people, it's a really big zig and zag, for others, it's a small zig and zag, Mm -hmm. but we've got to be prepared to go on that journey. For me, you know, I thought I was going to be in corporate America until I died, you know, I thought that that was my path in life, um, it lit me up for a long time, and going through this sort of awakening process of, well, actually, maybe there's something else that I I should be, could be, would want to be doing, um that's when I started picking up the, the breadcrumbs that I spoke about. You know, I went and did a second master's degree in, in wellness and positive psychology. I wrote my first book, then my second book um, and started to vision what this business would look like if I was going to do my own thing. And it's been eight years. I've been in my own companies now. Um, just wrote my third book, as you know, and it, really tapping into how do I make a sustainable business and how do I do the things that I'm most passionate about and the things that I feel are gonna be of most service to my clients um, and my audience. So, yeah, look, it's been, has not been a straight line by any stretch of the imagination. There have been moments when I thought, maybe I should chuck this all in and go back and get a job, <laughs> as I think any <laughs> business owner, you know, has potentially, has potentially asked.
1: Yeah.
2: But the purpose and the meaning um, is what sustains me through, you know, through all of the ups and the downs.
0: Very nice, very
1: nice. You know, one of the things I had a question about for you is uh, Marie Claire and Forbes, uh, you know, uh, say that you're a leading feminist uh, in, in the space. And a lot of people uh, at the Forbes have called your work brave and inspiring. When you think about that in your own words, a, how does that make you feel? And do you feel that you're living up to those pieces of uh, of text or copy?
2: Um, how do you live up to that? Look, all I try and do is um, have conversations that matter, and I think some of those phrases, you know, came out when my um, when my research around you know women in the US and moving into my work around leading like a woman came out. And like, I think we get to change the conversation. I think we get to ask hard questions. I think we get to um, put forward concepts that perhaps are not, you know, in the in the in the, in the zeitgeist moment, but it's coming. Um, and that's what I try and do with my work. So, look, I mean, it's really humbling when you know when people say things like that, especially organisations like Forbes. But like, I'm just I just try and do my work in the world, you know, um, and and tell the truth and be of service, yeah.
0: Sure, so you are in Sydney, Australia, correct? I am. It, uh, g- uh, born, raised, grew up?
2: Yeah, uh, yep, Australian girl, and I've sp- I spent a long time traveling, but uh, but yes, this is where I am in sunny Sydney. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I wonder what,
0: that, what, 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 I wonder what the difference is. I mean, you know, uh, the US you know we know the hustle and the bustle and depending on where you are of course uh, in the US and you know with business you know, a universal business uh, around the world uh, tell us what the difference is working with maybe a, a company or organization in Sydney uh, as opposed to maybe working with somebody in the US
2: yeah that's a great question um, Look there's a, I mean there's so many similarities I think I think the differences Australians are very um very laid back but very hard working so I think there's this there's this myth that in Australia we're all standing around the barbecue <laughs> we're at the beach we're eating our meat pies or our Vegemite riding our kangaroos you know like and it's all very
1: <laughs> <Vegemite>. <laughs> um, well you know Megan I thought everybody I thought you guys were all just like riding kangaroos and drinking Foster so
2: <laughs> exactly no, my son no. went my son went a to, a, to the US last year and he was in Texas and they were literally saying to him, "So, do you ride a kangaroo to school?" <laughs> um, That's funny, but. But Australians are very I can't believe somebody different. would actually
1: say that. Like, really? No, yeah. yeah I think people know about it. And, they, better, and but, they, were,
2: yeah.
0: they were deadly serious. Like, it wasn't, oh, that's it wasn't a joke.
2: They were deadly serious. Well, and he's like, yeah, I do. This is how big my kangaroo is.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: we're in Phoenix and like it used to be like in the 80s or something. You would ask somebody from New York, like, oh, I've ever been to Arizona. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of cowboys and Indians out there. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, no, we have Thank cities me. and cars.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Same, exactly the same thing. Um, so, look, I mean, you know, there's so many similarities between between us. I think, um, you know, Australians are very, can be perceived as very laid back, but very hardworking, very intent, you know. Um, and, yeah, other than that, like, we're, we're pretty similar. I, I do a lot of work with, still, with big American corporates. Yeah. Uh, which I love, absolutely love. Um And multinationals all over the world so it's just such a it's such an honor to get to work
0: i think i was just curious because i want to visit sydney so
2: (laughs) you You have to come
0: yes and and i want to to. i'm going
1: to you know, yeah. Megan. I I yeah. think an important thing to discuss too is um, you know you had mentioned uh, earlier in the call that uh, you you were you thought that the show that we did about being an '80s baby was kind of cool, but I think there's a lot of things that have happened since the '80s until now, and I think experiencing those things, and I know Jeff has also experienced it too. But how has the shift in uh in in female rights, right, and and female entrepreneurship and leadership, how has that shift that has changed in the last twenty to thirty years made an impact? on your ability to help change others lives for the good
0: nice
2: yeah well i mean everything that i do is is based on the work of the women who who have done the work right like through all of the women's movements Um, for me to now be able to do work talking about changing the face of leadership and feminine leadership, feminine traits in leadership for all genders um, and having this next level of conversation around women's empowerment I mean, it's all based on everything obviously that's, you know, that's sort of come before I think we are in a unique time right now, we, we've been hearing about this feminine rising I don't know if you guys hear about it but certainly in the spaces that I'm in this and there's been a lot of research and data around this as well around the, the feminine rising, feminine traits Feminine values, and yes, women as well. Um, and I think we're really, like, we're really seeing that in all aspects of society right now. So that's why I get to do the work that I do, and hopefully contribute to that work continuing. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like watch this space. You know, I think the the research around. Um, that John Gazema did around looking at how what people want and need from their leaders all over the world is changing and they want feminine traits in their leadership irrespective of the gender of their leaders like these types of shifts and changes are literally changing the frequency of you know of the world we operate in so it's an exciting time to do this work
0: absolutely absolutely so who are some of your heroes uh, in the business who do you look up to
2: yeah, uh, look, there's, there's so many. If you could see my bookshelf, you would see a lot of that. Um, uh, one of my, uh, and I don't want to get into politics, but one of my uh, foremost spiritual teachers since I was, you know, in my early 20s is Miriam Williamson. Um, women like Gloria Steinem, of course. Uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey and all the work that she does around empowering everybody. You know, to step into their to step into their light. Um, Maury Murdoch, who did all the work around the heroine's journey. I mean, there's so many. I, and then there's a lot of um, teachers and authors, male and female, in the positive psychology spaces in the business space you know Seth Godin is another one of my sort of mentors and heroes in the marketing and business space so yeah like it's endless I, I get inspired by a lot of people
0: <laughs> just goes on and on yeah, it's funny on on. You, you mentioned you know Gloria Stein I and mean, Oprah Winfrey and these are people we've done work with yeah. you know with uh, Gloria Stein we worked with Greenstone Media and with Oprah you know we did the uh, we're doing the Super Soul Sundays with
1: Oprah right now on one of the shows on the empowerment channel, and uh, you know they're they're bringing on their guests uh, that they do on some of the stuff on O Network and sending them over for us to kind of do some interviews on um, uh, on some shows over here. Authentic Living is the name of the show. Uh, oh, they do. I love that. And then uh, you, you brought up Marianne Williamson, and yeah, yeah. there's there's no no oh. sense to talk about politics. Just some of these females are great leaders, right? They're they're great uh, entrepreneurs. They have good minds. They understand how the world works, and you know those are those are uh, admirable qualities for any anybody regardless of their sex man or woman or whatever
2: yeah without question you know and i and we i think we're coming into a time finally where we can talk about leaders without preferencing preferencing gender before it you know um So, yeah, like, it's a really exciting time. It's an exciting time watching what's happening in politics, although, you know, we don't need to talk about that. But uh, just the shifts that are happening in all aspects of society, um, you know, right now, it it leaves me really hopeful for for what's coming.
1: You know i see this term quite often when i'm perusing social media from some of my colleagues uh it seems to stem the majority from the millennial direction because of the sheer numbers of human beings that are in that particular ecosystem but when you hear the word fempreneur what does that mean to you
2: yeah <laughs> look look yeah I get, I get
1: i get i get good and bad sides of that question from different people so yeah, that's why right. i ask it think when they
2: put badges and labels on things you know one of the things that millennials um talk a lot about is this uh concept of multi-potentialite you know like i have multiple potentials in multiple areas of my life um you know fempreneur mumpreneur all of these different terms um it's interesting because we don't ever need to label men and their business pursuits you know, we right, you don't right. hear a manpreneur. So, I don't think we really need a term fempreneur. Like, if you're a woman and you're an entrepreneur, then you're an entrepreneur. I don't think we agreed, need to be labeling uh, gender or terms before things that we're doing, like female leader, fempreneur, etc. I just, I, I think we get to, I think we get to move on from that
1: yeah we kind of discussed that in the 80s show about you know branding and labeling and that's like i i hate the term millennial right I, I i hate it because why why did why does a why does a certain subject of people you know need to be branded or or, or put into a specific silo why can't we just be people that were born at a specific time why does it have yeah. to be xennials millennials you, you gen you gotta, x uh,
0: baby boomers gotta, gen z you gotta break it up <laughs> I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not opposed to to breaking up and having the different, you know, Gen X and baby boomers and millennials and uh, you know, you're born between this time and this time, and uh, here's what you're you're labeled. Yeah, and I guess it's not so much the label of it that that is is not
1: kosher for lack of a better term, but being having somebody else telling you this is where you fit in right and when you when you may not necessarily feel that way about yourself
2: if it's yeah if it's an age bracket
0: that's one thing go ahead Megan you can take this on
2: (laughs) no I was just I was just gonna say like we love we love to label and we love to define Uh and I think we're seeing this with the gender conversation now moving away from you know from binary labels um, like I think this is the next iteration of, of society, you know, is, is how do we move away from that and how do we move away from the labels and the definitions and let, let every individual decide where they fit in and what it looks like.
1: Well, Megan, I want to thank you for being on. We're talking to Megan Dalla Camina. She is the author and best bestselling uh, author of best-selling books. Uh, and we have uh, a book that you've just came out with in July of 2019 called Simple, Soulful and Sacred. Tell us about the passion behind that particular book and what it means to you.
2: So this book is really an, an invitation for women. But as I say in the second page for everyone, you know, everyone is welcome here to step into a life of more meaning, more purpose, and to live from a more soul aligned place. So looking at what is sacred? How do we get really intentional about our lives? How do we create our own vision and get off that treadmill that we were speaking before and, you know, step out of this hustle and into more flow of, of intentional living. So, yeah, really passionate about this book. It, uh, it's been so beautifully received and, yeah, I hope it serves everybody.
1: I like it. Where can people get the book at? Where, where is it being distributed?
2: Um, so probably your best bet is Amazon. You know, it's it's all over all over Amazon um, in the US. So that's probably the easiest place to get. It's on Kindle, uh, it's on Barnes and Noble, etc.
0: Excellent. Uh, so yeah, Megan, what's what's next for you?
2: Um, I'm currently working on a on a body of work around something I call radical confidence. Okay. So that's keeping me pretty busy, which is getting past the, you know, fake it till you make it confidence into a deeper level of unshakable, unstoppable confidence. So I'm doing a lot of that work at the moment. I'll be back in the US in the early in the new year. Uh, doing some things around that and yeah just continuing to I travel the world doing my women's leadership work and coaching and starting to think about the next book so lots okay. of exciting things going on and
0: you'll be swinging by Phoenix uh, visiting Voice America maybe doing a show or two
2: I would love to do that <laughs> absolutely
0: well Megan That'd be amazing.
2: We-
1: We really appreciate you being on the show today and uh, you're really out there as a mover and a shaker, really mixing things up and and showing people what the potential can be for someone who really steps outside of their comfort zone and goes after their passion to try something different than the everyday nine to five. So big kudos to you on that uh, and keep up the good work.
2: Thank you both so much for having me on. Great conversation. Thank you,
1: ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Leader in Live Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share. And uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, or iHeartRadio, any of those places, please make sure to give us uh, uh, a couple of lines, rate us five stars because it's way better than four. And uh, we really appreciate you listeners listening to the show. You can always email us info at VoiceAmerica.com. Let Know if you have any show ideas or uh, any topics that you'd like to discuss on finding a frequency. I'm Jeff Spinard. I'm, I'm Ryan Treasure. <laughs> 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 Thanks for tuning in to Finding a Frequency.